0: You know, maybe if we locked up more criminals, we would not have had this cop shooter in Philly. You know, I understand it's very trendy these days to be like, oh, just let them go. They deserve a second chance. Set them free. First step act. So amazing. And then you say, but we must enact red flag laws to take the guns of law abiding citizens with no due process so they don't commit any crimes. That's the group think right now. But it is backwards and everybody knows it, but no one's willing to say it. Don't be a slave to groupthink America, even when it's so-called MAGA groupthink, because it's not fire from the second floor. Overnight, a terrifying standoff playing out in this North Philadelphia neighborhood. Shots fired, shots fired at police. Police radio traffic frantic, an officer desperately calling for backup, pleading for everything you've got. I still ringing off. Give me SWAT ASAP. Long gun ASAP. Hundreds of police, armored vehicles, and SWAT teams converging on this house, taking cover as the suspect barricaded inside a building, fired round after round. Well, the suspect turned out to be a man named Maurice Hill, and he was arrested for allegedly shooting six cops in North Philly. And you know, Philly's turned into such a trash town, so all of the townspeople are there like, oh, a shooting? Let's watch it unfold. Maybe we'll get to watch someone get their brains blown out. And then some of the trash people there were even throwing things at the cops. Like, how dare you try to stop this shooting from happening? (laughs) Yeah, you damn cops trying to keep the people safe. What are you thinking? The narcotic strike force was serving a warrant when the incident began. Yeah, narcotics. I know we have, we have narcotic problems in our inner cities. Sounds like a third world country, but that's what our inner cities are becoming. I mean, is it so much to ask to keep this stuff in Mexico and Colombia? It's becoming normal in our cities. And that's what our policies ought to address not law-abiding gun, citizen, gun owners. Because here's the thing about this guy. This guy, Maurice Hill, appears to be a stone-cold criminal. He's been facing criminal charges for almost 20 years, since he was 18. Illegal gun possession, drugs, assault, theft, robbery, kidnapping, attempted murder. You know, just your average dude, just your neighbor. Maurice Hill is the kind of guy the First Step Act wants to release, because even though he has all of these charges, all of the charges I just read you, he was only convicted six times on charges that involved illegal possession of guns, drug dealing and aggravated assault. So is a nonviolent criminal on paper. They're going to say this is a nonviolent criminal, even though he was involved in that cop shooting that just happened. Nonviolent criminal and we normalize these people we say oh they're just like me and you let's give them a chance Here's his attorney explaining what a good guy he is There was one he has always been uh, a gentleman as far as I'm concerned I don't know what happened on today uh, But he's always been one way as far as I'm concerned Yeah always been a gentleman just a gentleman who was convicted of escaping fleeing from police and resisting arrest He beat criminal charges of kidnapping and attempted murder Swell guy though, right? But the longer we portray these people as those who just deserve a second chance because, you know, they are, there's no act. I can't find a violent conviction here. There's no violent conviction on their rap sheet. The longer we we do that, the longer we delay actually solving the problem. They're going to tell you the problem is gun violence. The problem is these evil right-wingers with their guns. Kamala Harris, cookie Kamala, she's out there along with lots of other Democrats and, I might add now, Republicans, saying that the solution to this problem, to the problem of these shootings, is simply to ban guns. We need Congress to act. We do not lack for good ideas. We do not lack for tragedies. The failure of Congress, however, the United States Congress, to act on passing smart gun safety laws is 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 the issue. So uh, when elected, I'll give the United States Congress 100 days to pull their act together on this and put a bill on my desk for signature. And if they do not, I am prepared to take executive action to, one, put in place a comprehensive background check requirement, two, put the resources into the ATF to take the licenses from gun dealers who violate the law, and three, to ban the Im- of so, so just to be precise, so that's something she's proposing within minutes of the shooting. She literally has no idea what happened. She's like, what? I don't know what happened, but I'm going to offer executive action to ban your guns. Her solution is to ban your guns. And now it's not just the kooky left. This is fashionable on both sides of the aisle to not only ban your guns, but then to let so-called nonviolent criminals like this guy, like Maurice Hill, out of Jail. Let them out so that they can be free to commit more crimes like the shooting you watched earlier this week. John Pfaff, a law professor at Fordham University, explains why everyone is so wrong on this. Everyone is so wrong on this and why the push to jailbreak these nonviolent offenders is actually so dangerous. Quote Someone, say, arrested for assault and found to have drugs on him at the time of the arrest might agree to a deal in which he pleads guilty to just the drug charge. In the data, this person shows up as a nonviolent drug offender, even if the prosecutor demanded prison time on the drug offense only because of the uncharged violence. So you see, often the violent charge doesn't actually end up in a conviction, but everyone knows it happens. The prosecutor knows it, the judge knows it, everyone does. And so this miraculous first step act reduces sentences for people with repeat drug trafficking convictions. And in the federal system, these people are often gang members who do commit gun violence, but then they plead it down. They plead down the charges. But violent crime is responsible for an increasing number of people admitted to prison each year. But people only want to talk about the nonviolent drug offenders who deserve to be set free, right? Right. Well, these nonviolent offenders only make up 15% of the people in state prison. You know, you're being told all of these nonviolent people are being locked up in prisons and it's an injustice. No, they're only 15%. On the other hand, 50%, half of the people in state prisons are convicted of violent crimes. And half of those people are convicted of murder, manslaughter, or sexual assault. And yet... Here we are. Oh, but these nonviolent offenders, don't they? Don't they deserve a second chance? And so the plan is to be lenient on them. The plan is to do nothing about people with criminal records. And that way we can have more people like Maurice out and about with guns and drugs in your neighborhood. In fact, let just let them all free. Why, we're just gonna go after. We're gonna go after the innocent people who own guns. We're just gonna go after them with no due process, even though they are law-abiding gun owners. That will do it, right, Kamala? That will do it, right, Lindsey Graham? That will do it, right, Ivanka? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna name names here on the White House brief. Because that's what you got to do when society is being torn apart by the seams. You've got people dying on the streets. You've got cops being shot at left and right. You've got black people killing people in uncontrollable numbers. And then we have to pretend like it's a white supremacy problem. When mass shootings make up 0001 of the 928,093 homicide victims from 1966 to 2017. We have to focus on that. We have to focus on the number of people who have died at the hands of white supremacists when it is so small that it's incalculable. But the remaining homicides, most of the homicides, which account for 99.99% of the victims are done by known career criminals, people, like Maurice Hill. We have to bend over backwards to make sure we let as many of them out of prison as possible. When almost a hundred percent of the firearms used in homicides are handguns, not a a so-called assault weapons, but we have to talk about banning assault weapons because that's what's politically in vogue right now. No, it's insanity. It's obvious we could benefit from stronger punishment of criminals like this guy. It's obvious that the first step act makes this a much harder reality. It's obvious that people like Maurice should have been locked up a long time ago. You know, this this preoccupation with the fate of the criminals. Oh, we have to feel bad for the criminals while ignoring the fate of the victims. That used to be a phenomenon only on the left. And now it's on both sides. You know, this is, a, this is a real article. The New York Times sobbed. Incarceration rates have continued to rise while crime rates have fallen. Yeah, they're actually upset about that. And now it appears people on the right are upset about it too. And despite their insufferable Jeremiah's over this incontrovertible fact, the truth remains that the more bad guys you lock up, the fewer good innocent people get killed. So what's with these protests in Hong Kong? You know, you've got Hong Kong on fire. John Bolton, by the way, is out there saying, you better not act, Xi Jinping, or you're gonna have to answer to us. Okay, mustache. Have you done anything for America during your tenure at the White House? Or are you just gonna continue to help stage coups in third world countries like Venezuela? Or are you just gonna continue to help protesters in China? But I have nothing against the protesters. I don't want us to get involved, but in fact, there is a lesson to be learned about what an actual totalitarian government looks like. And the people there, they are standing up to power and they are saying, no, we will not surrender to an authoritarian government who is trying to take our rights away. We demand to be free and we demand to be able to choose who will be allowed to represent us. And what are they using to represent that freedom? They are hailing The American flag as a beacon of freedom, unlike our own slovenly brats on the left. They look to us as an example of how liberty works. And of course, the Chai coms they don't like that at all. After all, they are a communist dictatorship. And believe it or not, communist dictatorships don't care about the people at all. Doesn't matter what the subjects want. Doesn't matter what we, the people in China and Hong Kong want. So let's break this down. What's, What's actually happening in China and Hong Kong? So if you're not familiar with the history, Hong Kong is under what is called the one country, two systems rule. And what that means is that China is responsible for Hong Kong's defense and foreign policy. But other than that, Hong Kong is pretty much on their own. Hong Kong pretty much governs itself. And so Hong Kong is a capitalist society. And therefore, Hong Kong is doing much better than non-capitalist commie China. So Hong Kong was under, it was under British rule until 1997, and they were given 50 years before they would be returned to Chinese rule, 50 years for their own autonomy. But then a few months ago, the Hong Kong government proposed an extradition bill, which would send wanted people back to mainland China. So if you're an unwanted person, according to the Chinese government, you know, so that could mean if you're just a person who simply values your freedom, you could be sent back to the communists in China for causing trouble, for exercising your rights. And the people in Hong Kong feel that that violates their agreement and puts them under control of communist China. And they're probably right. So that is why the protest began. And the Chinese government, they want to pin the blame for these protests on us, on the United States, because we, like the people of Hong Kong, value freedom. And so therefore, apparently it's our fault. I, you know They think we encourage this sort of behavior, which we do. I mean, when you've got our politicians giving their, free, their, their two cents about freedom in China, and when you've got people weighing into what's going on in China, they're not wrong. We do support freedom. That doesn't mean we have to intervene, but we can lead by example and we can encourage freedom by setting that example, which we do every day, despite what the left tells you. The left tells you we're fascists. The left tells you we're authoritarian. The left tells you that Donald Trump and his administration are despots. America, however, is not viewed around the world that way. America is not viewed around the world and particularly in, uh, in Hong Kong right now as a symbol of oppression. Our government is not considered fascist by anyone else around the world except for our very own here on the American left. And the people of Hong Kong are celebrating what our country represents while our own people disrespect our flag and pretend it represents evil. Ironically, the people who are disrespecting our flag, the people who are literally spitting on our flag, are allowed to do so without the threat of a totalitarian government cracking down on them. Mr. Krapernick and Rapino, you know, disrespecting our flag by kneeling. You've got Antifa scum burning the flag during their whiny protests. You've got our flag being replaced with a Mexican flag at an ICE detention center. All of this is allowed to happen, by the way, in America because of freedom. You've got this beast of a woman who spits on a thin blue line flag right in front of the cops. And what do the cops do? The cops just stand there peacefully, allowing her to exercise her right to free speech because that's how it works in America. Like it or not, we believe in liberty. And yet we have all of these privileged fools expressing all of this animosity toward a country that has given them everything, that has given them these rights, who has bestowed these unalienable rights on them. They are spoiled brats who would not last a day, by the way, under the socialist rule that they are begging for, under the communist rule that they probably so dream of. And meanwhile, those who are actually facing oppression in Hong Kong understand the real meaning of the American flag because they are actually facing oppression, because they are actually facing the potential of not enjoying the freedoms that our flag provides. And that is why they hail our flag, because of what it represents. We've lost sight of how good we have it here in America. You know, I live in DC, used to live in New York, used to live in California. You know, all of, the, all of the best cities in the world. And in those cities, you would see Black Lives Matter protest marching through the streets, screaming about how cops are pigs, and no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace, meaningless slogans. And what do you always see behind those protesters? Demeaning cops. Who's always right behind them? You see cops following them, behind them, making sure that nothing bad happens to them. You have cops protecting anti-cop protesters. These people risk their lives for people who are demeaning them and calling them pigs. Only in America. They don't enjoy that in Hong Kong. No, in America, we have a, we have a very cushy life here. It's not perfect. Obviously, nothing is. But it's the best system there is. And it's a hell of a lot better than what they have over there. What happens to you if you protest the cops? If you protest authoritarianism over there? This is what happens to you. This woman had her eye shot out by a projectile during a clash with the police. That's Hong Kong. And she's become a rallying figure for other protesters who wear this eye patch you see here in solidarity because the cops are attacking the people. This protester sign reads, they shoot us in the eye so the injustices Brutality and barbarity can remain unseen. This is the bloodied face of another protester who's been detained by a man believed to be a police officer disguised as a protester. This is another one and another one. One of the things the protesters are demanding is investigations into police brutality throughout these protests because police brutality is the norm there. Police brutality is the norm in authoritarian countries. What we have here is like a day spa compared to most places in the world. And yet, the people on the left here demean it. But, you know, good times make soft people. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. I'm not saying there's no struggle here. I'm not saying everyone lives the cushiest life ever. But we've lost sight of how good America has it. And Hong Kong should be a reminder of that. Hong Kong's fight right now is a perfect reminder that freedom is something that is not granted to you, that is not something that you should take advantage of. In fact, freedom is something you have to fight for constantly, and that is something our founders taught us, because there are always people looking to take away your liberty. So good luck to the people of Hong Kong. You've got this, but you, Bolton, do not get your globalist ass involved. And that's today's White House Brief. You are blessed to have witnessed it. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.